0: podcast i'm kurt graves and i'm as
1: hey
0: dude hey how are you I'm
1: good it's been a long week already
0: i know and it's well for us it's tuesday yeah i
1: was about to say we're not far into the week no
0: <laughs> no for all the listeners who are listening on friday just know yeah. we might not have made it
1: yeah yeah this we might be ghosts because <laughs> it's already been a long week and it's been two days in
0: This might be the ninth and last episode (laughs) of the Hoof and Fang podcast. Uh, So what's new with you?
1: Nothing. I mean, same stuff, just a job being stupid. Um, Mm -hmm. We're ramping into Black Friday and I work, I don't know if I've ever given like super details, but I work on the retail side of business, but like on the corporate side. Mm -hmm. So we're ramping up into the craziness of Black Friday. And so my job is to plan a bunch of stuff and it's just a fight, like constantly fighting every day.
0: Right. Right.
1: So I deal with that. But then when I get home, I get to unwind and do fun stuff. So I'm working on I'm still working on wild contracts, finish the dinosaur short. I'm working on some fun little short stories because we're like ramping up on Patreon. So now I'm in the like oh shit <laughs> mode. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to get all that stuff done. And I'm proofing the very fantastic audiobook that you're like you're recording right now. So it is It's like, happening. Yeah. So this is like I get to go home and like work on all the fun stuff I really like. But like during the day up until us recording the podcast, it is just like a constant grind of bullshit. So I'm tired. <laughs> right.
0: I think you've just described most jobs. Yeah. Just a constant grind of bullshit. Yeah. In fact, if you don't have that kind of job, congratulations to you. Yeah. But, you win. Right. I mean, I win. Yeah. Technically. You do. I yes, do. You're one but of those people. I, I do not deal with a constant grind of bullshit. Just like a trickle every now and again.
1: Yeah. I mean, with anything, I think it that you're a part of, that you have to do to make money. There's always going to be something in there that sucks. But Any least...
0: job that includes working with some other human being yeah, will have some degree <laughs> of bullshit.
1: Yeah, exactly. So It's just what's going to happen. Right, but exactly. What about you? How's your week going so far?
0: Good, except I'm not feeling great today. As mm. you know, I got my flu shot yesterday. Yeah. Strongly encourage everybody to go get their flu shots. Um, But I'm feeling it today. So yeah. I just kind of felt off and weird. All day. But as I said earlier, it's nice knowing what's causing that and not yeah. having also the panic of like, oh no, am I sick? Yeah. To go along with these very, very mild symptoms. But I'm a boy. So, you know, I can't handle not feeling well.
1: You know, I was going to say something, but I didn't want to be like that asshole. But no, no, no. We yeah. are
0: notoriously <laughs> wimps when it comes to being. Even mildly uncomfortable inside our own bodies. Yeah. We just, we don't have to go through what you go through and we're not conditioned for it.
1: That's fair. That's fair. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that was, um, but otherwise I am, I'm still working on the audiobook, which mm-hmm. will be coming out next week, Friday. Yep. So, uh, recording files, sending them over to get proof. Mm-hmm. Things are happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, a little bit later we'll be talking to the author
1: yeah so yeah I'm excited. I kind of want to harass her about things because I'm already like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm not tear like we're we're trucking along, but I think I'm only at like chapter like uh, like ten or something mm-hmm. so like I'm in it, I'm in the thick you're, of it now in the thick of I'm it. in yeah, so I'm like I have questions, I need to demand things, so yeah, I'm excited to talk to her.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see where we're at by the time we interview her. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully I could like,
1: maybe, I don't know, I might try to speed read and just like finish it, but sure. we'll see what happens. Sure, but sure, sure, Either way, it's been yeah. super fun so far. Yeah.
0: So I was thinking lately about pop music, mm-hmm. which is not something I usually think about.
1: Do you listen to a lot of pop music? I don't.
0: I don't listen to a lot of music, period. Oh yeah? Like I've... For most of my adult life, I have been a NPR, audiobook, podcast person. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my listening habits were created in the car. Okay, So like commuting um, or I was a traveling salesperson for a few years, mm-hmm. uh, like really long drives, like 16 hours sometimes mm-hmm. just to get where I was going and then slowly work my way back. Doing appointments all the way, mm-hmm. uh, so that's when I really got into like audiobooks, and I knew every NPR station between here and Mobile, Alabama, so I could find my talk radio when yeah. I needed it. That's awesome. Um, and I just find that like that sort of content engages my brain in mm-hmm. a way that music doesn't. That's fair. Music is almost automatically soothing mm.
1: to me. Okay.
0: So. And that's not good if you're doing a 16-hour car ride.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Do you you don't sing in the car or anything like that? It's not your jam. I
0: sometimes, but again, for I can do it for a little while, yeah, and then like not... I just start to get lulled into the yeah. the cadence and the beat, and like it just starts to calm me. And that's okay. not again, that's just not what I yeah, want. If no, I'm driving a really
1: yeah for sure. a really
0: long time. Um, I mean, I am a musical theater guy, so I've yeah. listened to soundtracks growing up, and I still will do that from time to time. I like songs that are sort of telling stories. That's always been my mo
1: yeah okay
0: um but of late there is an artist who has captured my attention in a way that most don't uh it is the australian pop singer troy savant
1: i don't know that person
0: okay well you're gonna go look up his music videos after this and you're gonna feel scandalized okay great Um, but also impressed (laughs) but it just got me thinking about how important representation in media is Mm -hmm. and like how your attitudes towards something can change if you can see yourself in it. Yeah. Which is something we sort of touch on and talk about a lot in our work and uh, representation in, in casting when it comes to audiobooks. Like I have that conversation all the time.
1: Right.
0: Um, but yeah, Troy has really got me thinking, thinking about some things. Um, first of all, I'm not usually a twink guy.
1: Yeah. Not your I'm thing. Hap- I'm happy
0: <laughs> they exist and yeah. I'm good at playing them in a book, but they're not usually for <laughs> me. Fair uh he's got me you're gonna watch these videos and you're gonna be rethinking your stance on twinks i'm fine
1: with twinks oh okay well (laughs) i like all types of boys maybe
0: maybe it will just enhance your thinking about yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) it'll
1: reconfirm things i already know (laughs) yeah
0: ladies and gentlemen of the jury of the listening jury if you have not (laughs) seeing these music videos go look them up he's done three now in the last few weeks and two of them are very very sexy nice. and the third one is sexy but in a very different way okay um but with this and obviously he's very gay he's he's queer he's yeah, openly I queer he like, picked up on this, the context Yes, this is the context <laughs> um but it's just interesting to me that because is telling a story that I can relate to because Mm -hmm. the pronouns are right. As simple as that is, like Mm -hmm. he's a guy singing about guys. I'm like, Oh, this is really interesting. Yeah. I'm into it. And it has me wondering like, Oh, is that why some people like pop music? (laughs) Like, is that why straight people like pop music? Yeah. Um, Or why many gay men really like female pop singers Mm -hmm. uh, because they can put themselves in the female shoes. And at least then they're hearing about love Falling in love with men, right? you know? Makes sense. Um, And a similar thing happened when Lil Nas X's album came out. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not a, again, I'm not a pop music person. Uh, I'm not a hip hop or R&B person. I just don't listen to much music. Yeah. Um, But when that album came out, I was really into it. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, here is somebody in a genre, a style of music that I don't normally listen to, but he's telling a story I can relate to. Right. And I'm suddenly into it. Yeah. And so it just has me thinking about like, how much of yourself do you see in the media that you consume?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's a good question. I think it's gotten better recently for every like most queer people, but it, me as a you know a, a cis woman, I didn't relate to a lot of media growing up. I didn't. I don't didn't really like girly things, uh, especially like in the early two thousands. To me, it felt like a lot of the female characters were dumb, vapid weak. They were always the damsel in distress. I mean, you can trace it back to all the way to like super Mario. Mm. Mario was a hero. Pe- Peach was the one that was stuck in the castle who couldn't take care of herself. So like that was reinforced in media for like video games and comic books and cartoons, all the stuff that I really, really like and still mm. do. I'm just this huge nerd. Um, all that stuff was just all the women sucked. And like yeah. like the Ninja Turtles. There were they shoehorned a female one in later, but she sucked and they dropped her. You know what I mean? But
0: a female Ninja Turtle? Yeah. It wasn't just
1: April? N- no, it wasn't in April was there. You know, right. but she wasn't cool. She was like the reporter that she cast, had a pretty
0: cool jumpsuit.
1: Yeah. The jumpsuit was we love fantastic. The yellow jumpsuit. Yeah. Okay. I mean like iconic as hell. But like she <laughs> she didn't do anything other than like hang out and get kidnapped. Right. Like she never she didn't right. know mar- martial arts. She couldn't do anything cool. So Growing up, I was, you know, it, I think it messed with my gender identity for a long time. And had like non binary been around as like a lexicon, like in the lexicon, Mm -hmm. like it was, like it is now, I probably would have leaned that way as a little, like as a younger person. But now, like, we're seeing this cool renaissance of like these really cool, complicated, strong female characters that are becoming more, you know, accepted and are in these like movies and video games, especially you've yeah. seen a huge renaissance. Like since I'm a video game person, I'm hopefully seeing, more
0: than accepted, but like, yeah, like put to the forefront. Yeah. Celebrated, put to, like yeah. Made.
1: 100%. Yeah. Like I, I, I think the first major one was Laura Croft. And even that one was like, she was still like Ooh, her, yeah. half her ass was hanging out. Right. You know what I, I mean? Say, like that
0: was definitely still media made by men for men.
1: Exactly. But like, you're starting to see more of these cool, complicated female characters. Like I'm, i mentioned boulders gate a thousand times but there's this one character oh, what is
0: it i don't think like, i remember we, it
1: in case we need a recap mm-hmm. um it's a fantastic fantasy rpg that i've been sinking all of my time into but like the female characters in that amazing like they're not these helpless weakling kind of things there's this one lady who has her heart is made of um metal and it's like a working engine so she's on fire constantly and she's like this big puppy dog Badass barbarian tiefling with horns and stuff, and she's like the coolest character. And of course, everyone in that universe is pansexual, like they fuck everything. So she's like this, in my mind, super queer butch lesbian Mm -hmm. on fire chick. And I'm like, that's me. Like, (laughs) I I
0: finally see myself. That's me. Exactly.
1: I've always wanted to be a huge devil lady who can wield swords and have her choice of partners. You know. So. I think being able to see that now and something that I love as much as video games is, is is paramount. It's so important. And I didn't realize that lack of seeing myself until I finally did, I guess. Mm-hmm. I can see mm-hmm. and be like, oh. I
0: relate to that. Yeah. yeah. You're like,
1: I, this has been missing from my life for 37 years, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I think it's hugely important. Right. And it, we're coming into an era now where creatives are starting to experiment more and themselves into it or just not do the same normal straight stuff all the time which is fine and but it's
0: to a degree it's commercially viable now right you know like if Lil Nas X and Troye Sivan and movies like Red White and Royal Blue can do well enough to bring in an audience and prove mm-hmm. that they can make money yeah uh you know one of the biggest songs of last year I will not remember the name of it because again I'm not a huge pop fan but I do know it was like Sam Smith, a queer non-binary person, and mm-hmm. Kim Petras, a uh, uh, trans rapper, raptress.
1: Raptress? I don't know. If, if that's not a word, we should make it well, when I love
0: that. Uh, again, if I, <laughs> if you didn't believe me when I said I'm not really into pop music or hip hop, <laughs> you believe me now because yes. I didn't know the right word. And I did you see me panic when the, I was like, oh, no. Is that what right? If, I don't what know. What if female rappers have a different name and I don't know it?
1: <laughs> that's
0: great. Mm-hmm. Uh, And like they had one of the biggest songs of the year. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, look, queer people can make things that everybody likes. Yeah.
1: And God forbid they
0: might have a little bit of an experience of being like, oh, I can't actually relate to that. Mm -hmm. That's not my story. But
1: I still dig it. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, I think people can relate to things even if it doesn't speak directly directly to them. I mean, we've been consuming straight media forever and we're still like, oh, this is great, even though it's not my story. Right. But Although
0: now I'm, I question more and more as I see the, the media that does represent me. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I really like this. Was I just conditioned to like the things that I don't actually was relate to at all? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just what it was. It's what we grew up with. It's what was in front of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and most of it, you know, of a, a high quality. And um, But yeah, it wasn't, and it's still not terribly diverse in like, the rooms where people make decisions about media, yeah, so like there's still an overwhelming whiteness, an overwhelming straightness, an overwhelming cisness mm-hmm. uh to everything that's put out, uh so to a degree, like it's still happening, but these little moments of like hearing up like again, just a pop song or a rap song that I wouldn't normally seek out, but it's like, oh, it's about a dude falling in love with a dude, yeah, I like that, yeah. Oh, this is fun. Right. Well, this is a fun song about something that like, yeah, I, I know this experience. Like yeah. I know this, this feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just nice.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I think, I don't know. I think the, a lot of straight people take that for granted that their stuff has always been represented because
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's always, it's it's everywhere. I mean, that's what it's been for 99% of the time. So being able to see, something that is as like we're deeply passionate about just readily available now and like you turn on the radio and you can hear something that re- that you can relate to is right. powerful it's 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 insane right so i yeah. agree
0: i agree um when we're done with this i'm going to mm-hmm. make you watch one of the videos okay and i'm going to watch you watch the video <laughs> It's we can't from, we can't film it and put it on the internet because yeah we'll
1: get demonetized yeah, exactly. or taken down or whatever <laughs> yeah, so and
0: yeah, we're super monetized on youtube um, well you know but yeah copyright infringement and whatnot yeah i think that's so, what I mean more than that yeah we don't we just don't want to get in trouble right so yeah
1: yeah it'll probably me just with being like grinning and going like the he, whole time it's he. oh, pretty <laughs>
0: So this week, we had the opportunity to talk with author Gigi DeGram, who is the author of Prisoner Steel Pack Book One, which is the audiobook that we are releasing in October as part of Hoof & Fang Audio. Uh, Gigi DeGraham currently lives, plays, and learns in New Orleans. She's a proud southerner and enjoys fixing up old houses and writing. I can't wait to talk to her about old houses. Um, most of her story and character ideas develop while sanding and painting can relate. Love the thoughts that come to you while you're doing something with your hands. Um, She is a huge hockey fan. Cannot relate. A diehard Minnesota Wild fan. Also cannot relate, but I know it's a hockey team, and I know what the logo looks like because of my husband. Um, You'll always find her with an audiobook in her ear and listening to everything narrated by Kurt Graves.
1: She's got great taste. You know, I mean,
0: (laughs) she's a smart lady to put that in her bio. Yeah, yeah, she
1: she. Work the audience. She, she knew, knew what she, what she was, was doing. doing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is our conversation with Gigi DeGraham. Hi, Gigi. How are you?
2: Great. How are you guys?
0: So I would like to start to just learning a little bit more about you and your background and how you got into writing.
2: <laughs> it's kind of a wild story. Um We love let's wild see. stories. Hmm. So, when I was little, uh we used to go camping a lot and um my mom would be over in a hammock reading a novel. Typically it was like Daniel Steel. Okay, and so my grandmother, she was kind of a tough lady, and she would always say, you know, oh, she's over there reading another trashy novel. And so here I am, a little kid, roasting marshmallows, and, you know, looking at my mom to find my grandmother. And I don't know, I just kind of thought, my mom is really a badass, you know? And so that kind of stuck with me. And so I took some classes in high school and then college, and I was really interested in it. But then when you start thinking about how am I gonna pay to live, uh you know, Writing doesn't rise
0: to the top of that. It
2: didn't look promising. So <laughs> I got recruited in college by the police department from the town I lived in. And so I was a police officer for several years and then ended up uh, later on in my career, got injured in the line of duty, had to disability retire. And I was just word and so i mm-hmm. decided to go back and finish my degree and uh so i ended up finishing up my criminal justice degree that i had left uh to go be a police officer and right. while i was at it i decided well let's just go see about that english degree i always dreamed of getting and so i started taking classes and i you know, hey, let's try the author thing. It's kind of a second career. So here I am. Never imagined that, you know, it would be anything more than a hobby. And I got lucky. So,
1: Wow. Yeah, that took a turn. I wasn't expecting police officer to come out of that story. That's amazing.
2: (laughs) I know. And I heard uh, on one of y'all's previous podcast uh, that you used to be a dispatcher. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so yeah. when I saw that, I was like, Oh my gosh, she'll totally get what I'm saying when mm-hmm. you know when we're talking about this stuff. So that's yeah. really well, cool. It
1: makes sense because like I'm I'm in the middle of proofing Prisoner right now for Kurt, mm-hmm. and like I'm you know the main character. It starts off with him in prison. So I was like, Wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> like like you should, this person like you know about the prison. Like, Not good. Well, no,
0: accurate. no, it's, it's, no. Uh,
1: yeah, let me walk that back. I don't mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. You know, it's a prison. Hey, no, <laughs> I will take no. good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it, it yeah. was, it was accurate. I guess I should say, but uh, yeah, that, that makes well sense. Well written. Yes, well, well written. Well thought yes, out.
2: Exactly. No, I'll take good. I'm I'm <laughs> totally fine with good.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good transition into prisoner, which. Uh, as, as Marky has said, is mm. good, it uh, is. but it is also, it, it deals with some, some rough topics. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Uh, but yeah, knowing that background now makes so much sense as to how you were able to to bring that to life uh, in a way that doesn't feel like it feels in the movies. Like it feels icky in a lot of <laughs> ways, right. which is, I'm assuming, more accurate.
2: I think so i mean i tried really hard and then i also um took a corrections class just to and did a lot of research uh even with fiction you know if you're not doing research you're not doing your your work justice in my mind so i, I really tried to get it as accurate as possible i've never been in prison so it's not based on you know personal experience it is research imagination and i've certainly been in jail a lot
0: sure yes (laughs)
2: just not in that (laughs) capacity if that makes sense yeah so and please don't hate me because i used to be a police officer
1: (laughs) (laughs) i i I mean i i worked with cops for like three years so (laughs) yeah you're no problems there for me (laughs) I in promise that was a nice one. <laughs> right,
0: right. I was in the same way that I don't believe every cop is virtuous, I also don't believe that every cop is awful.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, especially when it comes to the individuals.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. No hate. No hate coming from us. No nope. thanks. Um, <laughs> I am curious. So, then in. <laughs> In the path of watching your mom read trashy novels uh, to the genre you decided to write in, uh, where did the inspiration come from? Did you go through any other things? Have you written other things and found that they weren't for you?
2: Um, yeah, I've I've got a couple of, uh, well, I have a book out. So I also grew up on a farm and not far from the farm I grew up on uh, and I'm originally from Arkansas so country and Mm -hmm. you can probably tell by the way I talk (laughs) Uh, but uh, and I went to uh, you know, a rural high school and a bunch of kids that I went to school with lived in a trailer park nearby. So uh, I did write... I'm so fascinated with trailer parks. Um, I just think they're a very interesting world. And so I did write another book uh, that is The World is, the tra- is a Trailer Park. So um, And that one is Lucky. And that's uh, been out for a little while. So that was my very first book do what
0: that was the first one you wrote
2: yes uh Mm. prisoner actually started as a short story uh in a fiction class on unlikable characters and i'm kind of one of those people uh you know like if you tell me i can't do something then i'm gonna be like "Mm, well i'm gonna try to do it anyway so i didn't take it as a
0: challenge not a rule
2: Right. So I wasn't satisfied with just writing an unlikable character. I wanted to write a likable, unlikable character. Mm -hmm. And so Prisoner uh, was my attempt at doing that. And so now I love my professor. Let me just say that. But he's kind of, he was kind of like a a highbrow dude, you know. Mm Uh, very literary and so i was like you know i want to write genre fiction and he was like well you're taking literary classes you know and those two shall never meet and so mm-hmm. i was like why not so we had a little bet and i said i'm gonna try to write a a novel that's got literary elements and genres so that's where prisoner came from
0: I love that. So as a a non-writer, can you talk more about what that means to include literary elements in genre fiction? Uh, How you approached it?
2: Okay, so it's a kind of, I guess it's a potty mouth word. I don't know, but purple prose uh, is typically what editors like to call it. But, um, you know, just those moments where you dip into, I guess, the more poetic language uh like i like lyrical language quite a bit mm. and i'm really fascinated with words so i try to use a lot of unique words in my writing and i really think about each sentence and the placement of words the order of words the sound i don't know i write a lot by sound so any mm. opportunity i get for uh using lyrical language is a big deal uh metaphor simile there's a lot of metaphor in my in my stuff and so i just wanted to combine that um and plus i love dirty romance novels too so you know (laughs) i wanted to throw that in there prisoner's not that
0: very tame by my standards yes
2: but (laughs) but when we get to book two things heat up so nice
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i'm not mad at it yeah right i was about to say yeah you also um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the book for our listeners who will many of them be getting it uh, the same day this or a week after this episode comes out?
2: Okay, so it's another crazy story. So um, I took an <laughs> intense love crazy stories, I know, right? <laughs> So I took this intense literature class and we had to read William Faulkner's Absalom Absalom and everybody, typically thinks that's a civil war novel it's about racism it's about you know life in the south but it's also a queer novel and the two characters in that book uh, Henry and bond they do not get a happy ending and I was so angry at that book I mean Mm. just troubled by it so i think i'm always just trying to give henry and bond that happy ending that faulkner denied them does that make sense okay so you're not
0: the first person we've heard that from yeah i forget who we were talking to was it tavia who read a mercedes lackey book but like
1: yeah. The little yeah, queer right. boy,
0: the sad queer boy didn't get their happy ending. Yeah. And she was like, I'm going to take this in another direction. <laughs> I
2: know. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. So, um, so Prisoner kind of was also influenced by that motivation that I wanted to give, you know, the Henry and Bond in my head the happy ending they deserved. And then also, I had, I had read a, a book and i was a little upset with it but this was when i was kind of before i had learned as much i guess now as i know about the book world i was very naive uh you know oh i want to write books i want to be famous whatever right That's,
0: oh, yes you know yeah famous audience. okay yeah. so all four move, of them.
2: <laughs> move past all that and uh <laughs> so it i did not know at the time that there was such a thing as like a a template novel where you basically meet the requirements of a publisher and they they tell you what to write like you have to have these characters they have to do the. i don't know if there's another term for that and i didn't know that was a thing and so i was so mm-hmm and i was like you know i think i could maybe do at least as good if not better than than this and that was also a motivator you know and i wanted to write something different because a lot of the romance books unfortunately they they kind of feel the same and so um you know shout out to maz because different
1: yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i was going to say i I've, I've been enjoying prisoner because it it like doesn't feel like a romance novel right away, which is mm-hmm. interesting because I, I read so much of the genre. And of course I love the genre. It's like my passion. But every once in a while you get one of those books that is just, it feels different. It doesn't behave the same way. It doesn't follow the same rules. And it either is one of those like really not my bag or I'm like, this is awesome. And like, I'm having the, this is awesome with Prisoner. Cause I'm like, this, does, this is like, I know it's a romance and like the, it's sprinkled in there. And I have a very like, I haven't hit the end yet, and I refuse to read the synopsis of book two because she has no
0: idea. I, yeah, I, she I'm has like, no idea. I,
1: will ref- I can't spoil the surprise, but I like have tingly hopes of like what the ending is going to be like, and I haven't you're had wrong. that in a while. I'm wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Damn it. Well, or yay. I I'll don't be know. very
0: surprised if you're like, oh, yeah, exactly what I thought <laughs> happened was, or was going to happen happened. I'd be very surprised.
1: Okay. Well,
0: Part of the fun of this is that it is so different Mm -hmm. and it's not uh, I mean, and I think what you were talking about was different even than just saying like there are tropes and there are beats that a lot of books hit like publishers will actually say like this is the novel we want and like audition authors to go write this book. Right. The template that they they put out. So it's more even than just like following a beat chart or something like that. Um, But that being said, like it doesn't feel like you followed a roadmap that I am familiar with. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel that there's a direction.
1: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel chaotic. It just, it just doesn't follow the normal romance roadmap, like mm-hmm. you said, like it, it really is like, it veered off and is running kind of parallel to it. So it's still going the right, right direction, but it's not like, oh, okay, here's the meet cute. Here's this, here's this. Like It doesn't do it in that kind of way. So it kind of keeps me like, I don't know what's going to happen, so it's very mysterious and fun. Yeah, it's like you're playing with that, and it's interesting.
0: It's not the road I'm used to, yeah. but it doesn't feel directionless, right? Yeah, somebody's driving, yeah, and you have faith in that driver. No,
1: mm-hmm. that, know, make that sense? makes
2: that. Yeah, that makes me feel good because I was worried about that because I don't know if my brain is like everyone else's, but I don't really think in a, a linear way. I definitely think in a nonlinear way, and so that comes across in the book, like how I mm-hmm. think is how I write. And now, you know, then you go back in and sometimes it's like putting a puzzle together and you realize, oh, I uh, can't do this. Cause then this doesn't work out and I have a big plot hole and I've got to go fix that. So there is a little bit of, <laughs> what does that yeah, look
0: meaning? Sorry. The podcast <laughs> listeners can't see that. I just gave a meaningful look <laughs> to Maz. <laughs>
1: I don't know what you're talking about, slander. (laughs) I saw it.
2: So, like, you guys know what I'm talking about when there's the the big plot hole. And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, my gosh, I have to fix this, you know? But then, I don't know, something happened. You know how the characters, like speak to you in your head and they say no i don't want that i want thomas or you know whatever and so you you end up going in these different directions but i wrote myself in a corner and i called my professor you know the, the guy i'll just love to death but he's stuffy uh <laughs> and he was like uh well you either have to delete all that or you know come come let him, you know, let this character progress or come up with something new. And the come up with something new was the option I went with and wolves. wolves. So, yeah. yeah. But it resulted from a mistake and a learning process.
1: So,
0: yeah. Mm. That's very awesome. interesting.
1: That gives me hope because I'm facing a very similar thing in what I'm working on right now. I had a very clear direction on what I wanted to happen for the love story. Mm -hmm. And it's not going that direction because it just refuses to connect. And now I'm, like, trying to figure out how I'm going to fix it. So maybe I'll just throw in some wolves. (laughs) Like, maybe (laughs) there you go. Like, suddenly shapeshifters have fixed it.
0: Okay, I don't know that the lesson to be learned there was the answer is always wolves.
1: (laughs) That's what I got from it.
2: (laughs) Sorry. But also, also do love. Wolves some wolf story so you know yeah. that wasn't an easy i mean that wasn't a difficult uh end to reach or right. a solution to my problem you know it wasn't what my professor suggested so it mm-hmm. was all me but um no i mean i had a lot of fun writing it it was very challenging uh yeah.
0: well and let's talk a little bit more about the book specifically uh, without trying without giving too much away and it is hard to to describe the book without giving too much away, but I think it's fair to say that you know we are following our main character. As you said, they start out in prison. Um, I think it's okay to say that part of the plot, it happens very early, is the prison break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the prisoner of the title is the main character uh, and the life they attempt to lead once they break out of prison. Uh, but structurally, you did something interesting, which is that A lot of the story is told in flashbacks. So we're getting the main character's history through his memories, but they're not like structured as flashbacks. Was that a choice you made intentionally?
2: Um, No, because I didn't really know anything about flashbacks (laughs) at that point. You know know what I mean?
0: Like how sometimes, like the book will, like, they'll, they'll, there'll be the page break. And then you'll be in the flashback and then there'll be a page break and you'll be back in real time. Like you don't treat them that way. They're they're like, they, they bubble up as memories and then all of a sudden we're back there and that's what we're living through and talking about.
2: Yeah. I mean, they are flashbacks, but not accurate ones, I guess you could say, or, or by the definition, um, now that I've had a craft class, um, you know, um, I'm seeing all these things. I I didn't quite get right, but, I don't care. I did them my own way. But, you know, I, I really struggled with how do you write running? Like, that's going to get boring. I mean, mm. this guy's running for like six days. You can't just, and he ran, and he ran, and he ran. You know, mm. so I had to find a way to fill that space of distance, time, you know, and this this kind of like fast-paced tension of, you know, am I going to get caught and am I, and so I wanted to be able to kind of go in his head with his past and give the readers, you know, what's going on in his life, some characterization about him and then so that's kind of where I went with it because like how do you write running? So yeah. that was my
1: solution.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's a beautiful solution too and it Dang. feels natural.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it feels organic and I think that's why I liked it so much cuz like I I like the clear flashbacks. I they they can be done well. I've seen it, but the way that you have the flashbacks kind of just folded into what was happening, it feels kind of like when you get lost in your own thoughts. Like mm-hmm. it, it just feels like it just like you're giving a lot of exposition without just dumping it all on one page like it's just floating up as he's remembering things as he's like you know running for his life for six days so yeah it's it the the way you crafted it was well done i really liked it thank you thank
0: you uh speaking of structure would it be fair to say that prisoner is not only book one of the steel pack but maybe even just part one
2: Oh, boy. Okay, so remember, naive, don't know the, the rules of the book world, <laughs> girl? And still that girl. Still very much that girl. I mean, the, aren't
0: we all learning the learning
2: rules of the world. Go, world. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I originally was like, you know, shoot big. So I was going to write the epic. So I originally wrote it as an epic. Then, you know, when I'm all happy and satisfied, and let's send this to somebody and see if they'll accept it. You know, you go to, you know, submit your 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 book and then you see the word count limit and you're Uh like, wait, what? (laughs) And so I was like, "Okay, I cannot. All those pages cost
0: money and publishers are cheap. Right. I cannot
2: (laughs) submit this monster. I have got to break it down. So I ended up with three out of the epic. And Uh this is one. And so, yeah, it, it is. It is a part one of the broken-down epic. But it is also... I really wanted to write... Start out with the human before they ever get to the paranormal world Mm -hmm. and really know that character and then follow that journey into the paranormal world. So that's why we spend so much time with with our right. main character.
0: And I think it's highly effective. The only reason I bring it up now is that I I know that there are people who struggle with not having a resolution at the end of a book. That's expected.
1: Right, especially if, in romance.
0: Right, but if they can go into it knowing, don't expect it, it doesn't all wrap up. Um, we interviewed Nicole Knight, I did her series. Everything does not wrap up after book one. It takes six books to tell that whole story. People loved it, but I think part of the reason they did is they, she she was very upfront with the fact that like, this is not going to, it's a, I think she used the word slow burn and a lot of other descriptors just to say like, the full story will reveal itself, but you have to trust me and you have to stick with it. And it is going to be a longer road than just one book. Mm -hmm. So, um, it makes a lot of sense learning that it is part of the epic mm-hmm. and we're just getting the first taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, that formula certainly worked well for TJ Klune with Wolf Song. Right. Like he spends a lot of that book with Ox being none the wiser of what's going on around him. So
1: right.
0: um, it can work. It has.
1: Let's hope. <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's hope.
0: Yeah. Um, The other thing I think it's good just to chat about a little bit so that people are prepared is there are some darker themes in the book. Mm. Can you talk a little bit more about like what part of the process I get? Like, I don't want to say... Why is it important to you to have that in there? Because my guess is the answer is because that's the story. And I know that authors don't always have control over their own stories. That's just the story they have to tell. Um, So I don't want you to justify why it's there. I just want you to talk about how you worked through it.
2: (sighs) Well, I like darker stuff. Um, So that appeals to me and I enjoy enjoy writing that kind of stuff um and i think a lot of it has to do with my experiences as a police officer um unfortunately the Mm -hmm. world can be a very dark and scary place and i have seen all of it the worst Mm -hmm. of it and to say that doesn't affect me as a person and I don't carry those memories with me and think about certain horrible things all the time. Uh, I mean that it just that stuff's on my mind. and kind of like that book I was telling you about that you know I felt it was unresolved. In police work, a lot of times you go to a call, you deal with the situation, But you never know the rest of the story like paul harvey Mm -hmm. used to say and it bothers you and you wonder about it even years later like what happened to that kid or what happened to that guy you know or was she okay in the end and it just i don't know i kind of almost feel like this need to fictionalize and finish the stories for my own sanity um but yeah that's kind of where it comes from uh, I wouldn't say everything I write is dark. My first book isn't isn't too dark.
0: I wouldn't even say everything in this novel is dark, but I mean, it.
1: It's heavy. Like there's, there's yeah. heavy themes, but it's not like in like dark per se. But it's definitely some real life just shit that happens. Right.
0: Yeah, it doesn't turn its back on mm-hmm. the real world and. Right. Um, I mean, the the awful things that can happen in prison, the awful things that can happen to get somebody into prison, Mm -hmm. uh, the justifications for things like violence and assault. And it's it's not clean and it's not simple. It's messy, just like real life. Um, I would like to say for the record, I don't think you dwell in that stuff, but they're there. You know, those elements are there. They feel justified to me. They feel yeah. like they're a part of the story. Agreed. Uh But for anybody who really wants to avoid really heavy topics, we will include some trigger warnings, some content <laughs> warnings, and then you decide for yourself if it's right for you to continue.
2: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know, that was kind of a, a hard thing, too, because then I had to stop and realize, you know, uh, this book is not for everyone. I know mm-hmm. that. Um, there are some people who will not want to read this book but I'm a pretty straight shooter you know I'm a, kind of wrote reality in a in a fictional world so I think there will be some readers who will enjoy it and understand it and not you know be bothered but there are quite a few true <laughs> Right there's quite a few trigger warnings <laughs> so <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean it's for the person who's looking for uh just a light and happy uh Halloween story, this is not this no, is no. not that. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's, it's not an Olsen twins movie for crying <laughs> no, out loud. No, no. Um but but again, I we wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think that the quality of the storytelling was there and that you earned those moments. And I think that's all we can ever ask from authors who are writing stories that include elements that might be upsetting for some people, but you can't avoid them altogether. Um, We have a mutual friend now who, when I met her talked like, asked me openly if she could listen to under the whispering door because she has, uh, you know, like suicide is a really tough trigger for her. And Mm -hmm. I said, no, yeah, don't read that book. Then I'm, I'm not mad that the book got written, but like, yeah, it talks about that. It deals with that. Yeah. Don't, if that's, if that's a a line you don't cross, then this book is not for you and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Still glad TJ wrote it. Still glad I got to narrate it. Yeah. And I could say that of many other books that I've read.
1: Right. Every, not every book can be for everyone. Like that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. So,
0: but I do think people would be surprised if they give things a chance.
1: Yes. Agreed. No, I mean, I
0: I understand
2: that because, but, I personally, like, if I want to read something, uh, you know, I kind of seek out the darker, I don't know,
1: more brutal. Well, and
0: with your experience, too, it's like, what could be in a book that's worse than what I've lived through? (laughs) Right. Nothing's going to phase you. (laughs) There are plenty of people who have that same or similar life experience as well, Mm. who are like, in a book, please let me tell you stories from my past. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So. So yeah, I'm. I am excited for people to to have read it, to have listened to it. We have already warned people earlier in this episode that they're gonna want book two ready to go uh, if they're gonna listen to book one because <laughs> they're gonna want to know what happens next. Uh, what's next for Gigi to Graham?
2: Um. So book two, fugitive. Uh that comes out early release um on Nine Star Press on their website. You can get that tomorrow.
0: So today when this interview comes out.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> the twentieth. Then the actual release is the twenty fourth. And then what I've got down is that the prisoner audiobook will be out on the twenty seventh. So this is going to be a great week for me. Just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> so, yes, lots of celebrating. Yeah, going to have a lot
1: going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> so
2: excited. On. I am. And so I'm also really excited about Fugitive because, <clears throat> okay, I got to be careful not to give anything away. We go into the paranormal world. Mm-hmm. It's from a different perspective. New characters are introduced. And there's a lot of Even
0: that. I'm like, don't say too much. I, I know I'm
2: trying know. to be so careful. Can you hear me? Can you see me? Like <laughs> I feel like, but I'm yes. still here. Like, oh myself. no, no, no. Like okay, just as a
0: reader, I'm like, no, say say rush.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, okay right, but I'm, I'm gonna read it. But yeah, I'm oh, really yeah, excited too. about Fugitive. So Me too. It was, yeah. Me too. It was it was wild writing it. And so I had a lot of fun. And then I'm already starting on book three. I'm going to finish that this summer. It's roughly written. uh, I've got a character problem that I'm trying to sort out. And so... Those characters. Right? I just have this one character. Oh, he drives me crazy. Like, I just can't figure out his path. So, yes, I see y'all smiling. Mm Y'all know this this. This I know problem. The <laughs> God. Yeah. I dream about it. You know, like these different ways that this character's life can go. So who knows what's going to happen, but we'll get there. I also have a sports romance that um, Nine Star picked up and got to edit that. And then that'll be coming out. So I'm super excited about that one. Uh, that'll be my first sports romance. So,
0: yeah. what's the sport?
2: Well, it's football, but it's got a little hockey in there because I'm a huge hockey fan. So.
0: Nice. Those are the two sports that Maz knows about.
2: Yeah. Oh I yeah. Know I sports. Watch, mm-hmm. I watched the uh, the quiz, and that was fun to watch you uh, <laughs> rattle through. Wait, are there any to other sports? To run out of
0: sports after two.
2: <laughs> yeah, I laughed. It's not it my was great. Suit, man. And then, oh wait, rugby. Yeah, and it was tennis. <laughs> so it was really great. I had a great laugh over that. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I was laughing with you,
0: <laughs> that, Thanks. you were laughing with me at her <laughs> I think it's more right. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for taking the time mm-hmm. to chat with us. I really appreciate it. I'm very excited for people to get to listen to prisoner next week uh and and I'm excited to see what's what's next for you and uh do keep in touch and hopefully we can chat again in the future,
2: yes, and thank you so much because um you know i'm a fan both of you guys and also thank you for narrating the book because that was a pipe dream that i never imagined would come true and if it weren't for this podcast idea and the opportunity you know wow so your dreams really can come true so here we are yeah yeah so super excited thank you so much
0: our pleasure Thanks again to Gigi for coming on the podcast to discuss her work. The second book in the Steel Pack series, Fugitive, comes out next week on October 24th. Just a few days before the first book in that series, our October audiobook pick, Prisoner, comes out on Friday
1: double hitter man and
0: i right and we did not plan that this is just how it happened um but i think anyone who finishes the audiobook of prisoner is gonna want to have fugitive like
1: ready to go in their
0: library ready to go that's fair so look out for that on october 24th and then if you are at the dear listener level in patreon you will automatically have prisoner in your account next week friday uh And you still have time to do that before next week, Friday, or you can go to our online store and buy it starting on October 27th. Um, If you want to connect with Gigi, you can find all of her social media info in the show notes for this episode. That's also where you'll find all of our social medias, Mm -hmm. individual social medias, show social medias, all the ways you can get in touch with us including sending us an email at podcast at gmail.com. Our website is hoofandfangpodcast.com. And that's also where you can find a link to our Patreon page if you need any more direction to go join our <laughs> Patreon. We will be back next week.
1: Yeah, same bat time, same bat channel.
0: Bye. Bye.